Hey Maureen, how's it going? I'm great, how are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good, thank you very much. Any uh, feedback from last week's podcast, from your countless French friends who listened to it? Okay, yeah, so I have feedback from a friend who said she might listen to it. So yeah, success! Wow, Whew. That's, our podcast is shooting its way to podcast famedom. How's, uh, how's my cat doing? You mean my cat? She's fine, she's very playful, so you, you might hear some screams, because um, sometimes she attacks me a bit. Right. She's playful with torture, basically. That's what she does. You know what she did yesterday morning? I was having a nice breakfast, getting ready for work, and she vomited in front of me. Oh. Like, on the floor, not, in, not on the table. But. Mm. And then she started eating her vomit, and I was having my breakfast. So that was delightful. Wow. Must have really spoiled yeah. your mini Weetabix. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get started, no? Yeah. The cat is meowing. Hello and welcome to the podcast Issues and Songs, where we discuss issues and sing songs. It's the second issue of Issues and Songs, not as in the second issue we're discussing, because last week there were two issues, but I mean it's the second. Anyway, there's two songs and two issues in the second issue of Issues and Songs. Off we go. Hello, everybody probably may be listening. I'm Ben. And I'm Marie. And this is Issues and Songs, the podcast all about the issues with some songs. Basically, not sure I had to explain this. Pretty straightforward. But uh, it's good to get that out of the way. How's your napping, Marine? Uh, I haven't napped this week at all. Because you had a so. song about napping last week, so I'm hoping that you managed to improve your skills. Yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> How are things in France? Um, let's see. In France, um, uh. I'm phoning from the very peaceful uh, country of Sweden and so I was wondering how are things in my in my homeland okay so in your homeland uh, not so <laughs> peaceful actually <laughs> there are there have been protests every uh, every week for the last two months what happened has, has somebody changed the recipe oh, yeah. to croissant uh, okay that was a terrible joke um, so what happened basically is um, is uh, the working class. Yeah, I didn't want to talk about this subject. I told you I was fed up. Shall with I it. explain it? Because you probably forgot. I can't, I can't get out of my house on Saturday afternoons because there's too many people and there's all the police and there are um, and and there are explosions and things and, and things burning and I can't get out of my house on the Saturdays. It's really annoying. That's that's not great. But let me try and resume the situation from what I understood from it, because I haven't been in France for a while. But basically, the main thing I understand is that the government, a couple of years back, asked everybody to have in their car a yellow high visibility safety vest. In case of an accident, you put it on and then cars can see you at night. So that, for me, is the main thing, because otherwise, not everyone Every single person in France would be equipped with a yellow vest, but it's the case now. And then some people got upset about the price of fuel because they uh, want to drive. So they decided to put on yellow vests and start protests in a very f French way. Okay, but I, I so think we have it. The price of fuel is one thing. It was kind of the goutte d'eau pour faire déborder le vase, as we say here. Ah, uh, it was um, the drop of uh, the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Of course, in France, we say the drop of water that made the vase overflow. Uh, but it's basically the price of everything. Uh, rich, the more rich people are getting their taxes cut 
and the less rich people are getting their taxes uh, going up. So that's the main reason, I think. Right. Well, in a way, it's great to want to combat inequality because the 12 richest people in the world have as much money as the poorest 50% of the world, and that's not okay, and that's a trend Amazing. we need to stand yeah. up to. However, uh, also, I do think <laughs> it fits our beautiful French tradition of being very upset and complaining and also sometimes being a bit revolutionary about stuff. So this actually got me thinking, oh, have you noticed this, the revolutionary side of us? Yeah, but I think it's a, it's a very positive thing. To be a revolutionary. Yeah, to, to not be okay with uh, shit happening to us, you know? That's a really good point. And we do need to be revolutionary, but about modern things. And my po point of view is that we're probably stuck a little bit in a slightly too bloody and aggressive past with our French anthem. I mean, it, we, we learned this, this French national anthem at school when we're little. Oh, that's my cat. Um, she's, she's actually singing the anthem. <laughs> yeah. And it is, it is more bloody than people could, pr could probably imagine. Oh yeah, the, the French national anthem is really gory. And I think that's part of the issue here, that that's how our brains are trained to think. So of course these things are going to happen, is my theory. Okay, I'm gonna, she's hungry, I'm going to give her something to eat, you'll hear her chewing, sorry, but otherwise she'll attack me. Okay, that's fine. She just jumped on my back with her claws. Well, the interesting thing, dear listeners, you can hear, is that French cats, much like uh, French citizens, like Marina and I, do have that bloody revolutionary side to them. Okay. Actually, I've got an English translation of our national hymn. I'll just read it out so the listener can experience what we sing when we're four years old, until our grave, really. So, do you remember how it starts in French? Allons enfants de la patrie. Oh, I thought you were going to sing it. No. No. <laughs> That's too many yellow vests. Yeah. Anyway, this is, the, this is the English translation. Arise, children of the fatherland. Okay, that's nice. That's, that's all right. The day of glory has arrived. Da -da -da -da. Mm -hmm. Against us, tyranny's bloody standard is raised. Listen to the sound in the fields. The howling of these fearsome soldiers, they are coming into our midst to cut the throat of your sons and wives. Wow. Yeah, so, I, re I remember that I did learn this in primary school. That might be a bit young. <laughs> mm, possibly, I don't know. And then we all sing together, two arms, citizens, form your battalions, march, march, not the month, that's the action, right? And let impure blood water our furrows. And the furrows are the things in fields, right? Okay. So that's not ideal. No, quite violent. Although it's better to have blood in furrows than Bayer Monsanto's roundup, actually. Still better, even if not ideal. Little segue into the second podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, this is what's great with the podcast is we can always call back to previous issues. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe your friend that listens to this one will go back and listen to the other one also. Because I've, I've got no proof for the moment that anybody else has listened to it. Anyway, that's not <laughs> the subject. So basically, the way that I feel is that uh, it's great to be revolutionary about certain things, but that we need a modern anthem to inspire us to help fight climate change and save dolphins and polar bears and stuff like this. Mm, and is that modern anthem your song for the week? That is today's song, indeed. What's it called? That's a good point. I don't have, uh, I don't have a name for it. It's called Anthem. 
I don't actually, okay. I don't have a name for it. So if a listener has a title, <laughs> yes. we would be very interested. Okay, let's hear it. Okay. The world today needs something more than nations proud and small of challenges on every shore we must be But maybe, probably, blood on fields galore It's not the way to go And also, I guess, it's not too practical Fixing climate change with violence Let's connect hearts to And it's royalty free. I thought I might put that in because actually if anybody wants to use this anthem, it's it's theirs to use. I give it freely to the earth that will definitely, probably, definitely not use it. So if the two potential listeners, including myself, <laughs> want to use this, they can. Okay, good to know. Exactly. And the, the annoying thing is if it actually starts getting used by lots of people in the world and then I actually don't get royalties. I'll be pretty upset. <laughs> if it's the one thing you do that goes viral, that would be... <laughs> okay. Okay, so I've prepared an issue for today as well. What I wanted to talk about is plastic waste. Plastic waste. Is that uh, like when you have mannequins in shop, you know, that wear clothes and their waste is also... Okay, not that kind of waste. So plastic waste as in trash, as in garbage, as in... Junk. Call it what you want. Things that you throw in the bin, or the recyclable bin, or on the ground, right, or in the sea. So uh, yeah, I've read up a bit on it, Great. and uh, there's this 2017 study by Geyer et al. that kind of uh, tried to evaluate the weight of plastic that has been produced since 1960. Do you have any idea? Um, a billion tons. It's 9.1 billion tons. Oh, I was 9.1 times off. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so of that 9.1 billion tons, 7 billion are no longer in use. They are trash. They have become junk. So, they are useless. So where are they? Of that 7 billion, only 9% are recycled. Okay. So they probably are trash again anyway. Because, you know, plastic can only be recycled 
once because then it loses its value. Yeah, we're going to mention that a bit later on also. 12% of that 7 billion has been incinerated and the remaining 5.5 billion is in the lands, in the ocean. Let that sink in. Sorry, is that 5.5 billion tonnes of plastic in the oceans? In, in, in the lands and oceans. So a lot of it is underground as well. So a tonne's thousand kilos, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to make any mistakes or, here. Yeah. A shitload. So there's about... 5.5 billion shitloads in, of plastic in the environment. That's crazy. So for every human being alive on the planet right now, there's about, there's about 900 kilograms, 900 kilos of plastic in the oceans. And the oceans and, the, and, and land. Oh, in total. Uh, have you heard of the uh, Great Pacific Garbage Patch? I've heard of it. And it's not a hip new holiday destination. Uh, nope. Well, it is a... So, the Great Pacific Garbage Patch is in the North Pacific Gyre. And a gyre is a circular current. So, of course, the plastic waste accumulates in the middle. And it's a whole continent, but just plastic. Marine, this is pretty grim, actually. This It's a, a little depressing. Do you have a, an upbeat song, maybe, that could help us deal with the issue? Yes, I have this song about um, a fish called Brett. Brett. I wanted to name him for sentimental reasons, so it, the song is more striking, you know. So we can relate so to Brett. We can relate to Brett. And this, this song is called Requiem for a Fish. Okay. Let's, let's hear it. I'm a fish. Pacific gyre, the situation is dire. In my family, I'm the only survivor. I'm a fish. Hmm, what's that you say? It looks like my meal for today. I'm a dead fish. I'm a dead fish And when my body rots away The plastic trash can miner will stay And another fish will choke on it and die in a day Yay! That is so sad. I wish there was a word to describe something that makes you laugh and want to cry. Is there actually a word? Is that a trick question? I can't think of one. No, I don't know a word. Oh, maybe the uh, saudade, saudade in Portuguese. 
It's kind of a happy nostalgia. Maybe the Germans have one. You know, yeah. they have those kind of words. <laughs> yeah. That's such an upbeat song and that's so depressing, especially the part that he dies and then that same piece of plastic. What was it exactly in the song? I didn't quite get that. Something about a can. Yeah. I said trash can liner, but you say bin liner in English and then you would say trash can uh, bag in American English. So it's kind of a mix of both. So it's a universal song for the whole for world. The whole, yeah. Because the whole world is it is bearing responsibility for this. Ah, oh, the poor fish. I've got a bit of trivia for you. In 2017 as well, I don't have more recent data. In 2017's International Coastal Cleanup Day, they counted which objects were the most commonly found right. um, on, the, on the beaches of the whole world. Now, what do you think is number one? Any trash, it doesn't have to be plastic trash. I'm thinking bottles, but I'm feeling condoms. Okay, so condoms didn't even make the top 10, okay. And uh, plastic bottles are number three. Uh, but number one, uh, to give you a clue, is something that really, really annoys me. And that cigarettes. everyone... Oh, yes. Bits. Cigarette bottles. Last, the bits of cigarettes. Yes. That is number one on beaches. Yeah, they, they are by far the most common objects found on the coast. And it's really funny because these tiny things, they tend to pollute a whole amount of water, right? A few litres. It... Yeah, so one cigarette butt can actually pollute uh, up to 500 litres of water. That's crazy. How, what can we do to help Brett? That's my question. Okay. <laughs> Um, so to help Brett, uh, it's like we have a bathtub filled up with trash, but the tap is still open. So to empty the bath bathtub, we first have to turn off the taps. Do you get where I'm going? No. Is, so is, a, is what is coming out of the tap plastic? Yes. So it's a plastic tap pouring plastic into a bathtub, a is it? Yeah. That's okay. confusing. So that was a really shitty because metaphor. That's confusing because okay. usually that's um, water and that's also what the sea is made of. So that was a bit all over the place on that one, sorry. Okay, the water is a metaphor for the trash. <laughs> that's but, not which helpful. Is in the water. Pick okay, a I metaphor. see how it's confusing. Pick a... <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Okay. So I think the most pressing thing to do, especially knowing that plastic production will double in the next 20 years, <sighs> I think the most pressing thing to do is try and reduce our plastic waste. So use less plastic in our daily life. Exactly. Use less single-use plastic items. For example, a plastic coffee cup uh, that you use for five minutes and then throw away. Or try shopping in bulk to avoid plastic packaging if you can. Try going to the market and buying your vegetables there with your own bags, putting your own bags. And in the, interest, happy to. in the interest of behind the scenes information for the listener, yesterday you sent me a picture of your falafel sandwich that you went to go and get at the local falafel place. And you asked that it would be put in your glass container uh, with the fries. And then they put the sauce in a plastic container also. Yes, so it's not about being perfect. <laughs> Because otherwise I would be devastated. It's about trying to first be aware of the amount of plastic you're consuming and then try and find a reusable alternative. Nobody should put an unreasonable amount of pressure on themselves, but we can all do small things that can drastically reduce our use of plastic, like carrying around a, um, a ceramic mug when you're on the go and instead of uh, buying... Uh, throwable disposable cups then you just use your ceramic mug for your coffee and that is so much waste that would be avoided if yeah, everybody or did a this. reusable water bottle 
Like I've got my uh, stainless steel water bottle, which has been everywhere with me for the last two years. Absolutely. And I think, and I drink tap water, so I think that's quite good if you don't mind the test, taste and if you can drink tap water in your yeah, area. Yeah, in Sweden it's really good. Uh, but I think it's probably saved me money in the long run. You know what's quite funny is I remember when I was in Toronto in Canada, I was recording a podcast before, for a different project, obviously, and um, I was talking about mm. this issue with disposable cups they're paper cups, they call them. There's quite a bit of glue and plastic inside them also. Yeah, they're lined with plastic. And he said, yeah, but come on, man, they're recyclable. And that's part of the problem is that we think that oh. plastic is recyclable and that takes away our guilt. But actually the truth is very different to, oh, just put it to recycle and everything's fine because we don't know what's really happening behind the scenes. Actually, I wanted to talk a little bit about this. There's this fascinating, very long article uh, on The Guardian called The Guardian Long Read and it's all about plastics. You can listen to it as a podcast also because it's a really long article okay. but basically they explain that the giants of the petroleum industry, the gas and oil industry, decided to uh, push for single-use plastics because that just meant more money for them and at the beginning especially in America and in Europe people were very against plastic. There was a very strong anti-plastic sentiment. So they had a strategy which worked fantastically when you consider the state of the ocean today. And this strategy was first diffuse the anti-plastic sentiment um, by funding non-profits that talk about consumer responsibility like the KAB, oh, Keep wow. America Beautiful, and uh, Coca-Cola, Pepsi and all these. They, had, uh, they funded campaigns about responsibility to the people. So the first part of the strategy is shifting responsibility from the company who creates these products to be thrown away to the consumer. So it's no longer the fault of the person who makes it, it's the fault of the person who buys it. But then the thing is, they're all sold. They all end wow. up somewhere. A lot of them end up in the sea. Mm. But they manage to hop, do this magic trick where all of a sudden it's the consumer's responsibility. And that's the first part of their strategy. This is really interesting. And that was in the 60s and 70s, also the end of the 50s. And the culprits are the big companies of oil and gas, as I said, like Dupont at the time, Monsanto, that rings a bell, uh, Mobile, Exxon. Um, if this podcast ever gets any listeners, we're going to get sued like crazy. <laughs> no, be no, because it's common knowledge. And uh, the Guardian don't get sued for reporting the truth. And this is what, what they are talking about in their brilliant article. So the second part of this strategy is the guilt of people like me, like you, like everybody, buying plastic and throwing it away. Now, people in the past might have been really concerned by this. And the solution to this, the magic trick is, but don't you worry about it because you can recycle. Mm. The only problem with plastic, as you said beforehand, it's a full is solution. that it's really, it's shit to recycle. Glass, steel, aluminium, they're fantastic to recycle and you can make money out of their recycling because you can produce uh, then glass, steel that is as good as the one before. Yeah. But with plastic... They lose their value every time they're recycled. Exactly. So Your bottle get can... recycled once or twice and then theoretically it's recyclable but it's, uh, it's not cost effective to recycle it so it's just going to end up incinerated or in landfills or eventually in the ocean. Killing fish like Brett. 
Poor Brett. And that's and you, you hit the <laughs> yeah. nail on the head there. The fact that you can't make money out of recycling plastic also mean that the responsibility shifted from companies to the public sector because companies aren't interested in recycling plastic, right? And that's also fantastic for corporations like Coke, Pepsi, all the oil giants because then they don't have to deal with the consequences of what they are constantly giving out. So the trick is that actually recycling is the lie that we tell ourselves to think that it's all right to use single plastic all the time. Uh, because, of course, as you said, uh, only recyclable a few times. The bottle can be recycled into clothing fibers, and those clothing fibers, like polyester clothes, can be recycled into road filler or insulation, and then that's the end. You can't use that yeah, again. Yeah, they can't be. And another problem with clothing fibers yeah. is everybody around the world washing their clothes mm -hmm. with their washing machines, sending microfibers yeah. into the streams of water and tiny little particles of plastic which fill up the oceans. And the fish, and Brett, Brett is bloody full of them. And then it goes up the, the food chain. The, the bigger fish that ate Brett, let's call him Kyle, <laughs> full of microbeads as well. <laughs> That's so sad. But the thing is, when I go to the shop, I try to only buy cardboard packaging, but sometimes it's yeah. really tricky because you buy a cardboard packaging, you open it, and it's, and it's another plastic packaging inside. So I'm really trying yeah, to do my best. Yeah, that's so annoying. But I mean, even for buying milk, You have right? to remember which brands have no plastic and then just buy the, those ones. <laughs> yeah, I'd love it if we could just bring our bot empty glass bottle and from a huge metal container, just get a litre of milk and then close your bottle and then pay for that. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Imagine, imagine the, the waste we would save. If you have a farmer's market near you, because I, I have a farmer's market on Sunday mornings where I live, where I can bring my bottle and get a litre of milk from an organic farm near, nearby. And I'm also charged less because I bring my own bottle. Ah, good job. And it's yeah. really nice to have your own <laughs> bottle for milk. I don't know. I love having my glass bottle for milk <laughs> that's filled up by the farmer. But the thing is, where I live at the moment, I'm struggling to find people who have hens who can sell me eggs to not buy them from the supermarket. So, I mean, oh. let alone find a cow. Actually, funny story, I went to a farm where they had a big sign with a cow. And outside the farm, they had big, uh, you know, those big steel milk containers the old-fashioned ones yeah a couple of those were lying by the side of the house and then i talked to somebody there one day i was walking by i managed to find someone outside and said oh no no there was a farm here in the 70s but it's been long closed we just live here uh. <laughs> so that's how far i've gotten to find to finding actual cows that see the sunlight <laughs> well not there's not much sunlight in sweden <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true <laughs> isn't that amazing because this article blew my mind we've all been tricked into thinking recycling is this the solution when it's actually sort of been the problem all along of course it's good to recycle and if you have stuff to throw away definitely recycle it's better than giving it to brett so he dies but to think that that was fine and, I mean, that's the whole problem. We should move away from thinking we need to recycle and we should move back to having stuff we can use and reuse and reuse, like glass bottles, like glass containers. Yeah, so it's uh, the five R's of zero waste. Uh, you know, Bea Johnson, she's a French-American lady. You're a bit of a zero waste person. Uh, I'll say low waste because I'm far, far, far from perfect. Uh, okay, so the first one is refuse what you do not need. So if someone hands you a free pen, don't take it. Because by taking it, you're saying, 
yeah, okay, I'm fine with how that's been made and the lifespan of that, that pen. I'll kill that whale. I'll kill Brett. I don't mind. Probably not that whale. You need a, a really, really massive pen. <laughs> really big pen. Okay, and then the second one is um, reduce what you do need. So, for example, if you've got things lying around your home that you don't need, why not try and give them to a charity shop or sell them and put them back uh, in the market so that people who actually need them can ha can have them. I love charity shops. Yeah, so great. So, <laughs> so the third one is reuse. Like when you write a song and you don't have an idea for a new one, so you just take the same chords again, change the lyrics. <laughs> so I was thinking, you were talking about having a ceramic mug. Yeah. Uh, what if you can't buy a second-hand ceramic mug? Uh, are you going to buy a new one? Maybe. If you have an object like a jar, I wouldn't a buy jar, a second-hand ceramic mug. I won't. I won't okay. buy a, but, but if yeah. you have a jar that does the same trick, why not? You know, decorate it and use it for that. Okay. We're right. I mean, as soon as the social stigma of bringing an empty jam <laughs> container to to the coffee place has gone, I'll probably do that. But I'm not sure. I might. I'll probably stick with the ceramic mug for now. <laughs> and then you recycle, but only as a last resort. Recycle. Yeah, and compost. Compost. And probably don't buy food in plastic too much, right? Try and favour paper, probably. Yeah, so that's that's the refuse part. Say, no, that's not going in my home. I'm against this. I, I don't want to put my money in a company that endorses uh, um, single-use plastic. Well, the thing is, sometimes you have products that are seemingly good for the environment because they're meat-free, for example, or these things, but they're also in plastic, so... It's, it's, uh, it's not about being an extremist. Maybe it's about finding a balance and being aware of these things and understanding how everything impacts Brett. Yeah. Weird that you chose to name him like the guy from Flight of the Concords. Yeah, I, I, was, I, I was looking for some, some uh, a cute affection name. This the first one that popped to mind. Also, by the way, you remember I was talking about the uh, list of, uh, of items most frequently found on beaches? Cigarette butts. On coasts. So the number one is cigarette butts. Any? I've got the top ten written down in front of me. Oh, you top wanna... ten. Oh, this is exciting. Um, what is, who is killing the most the life of the seas? Uh, I'd say Q-tips, the little Q-tips. People, some people use this to clean their ears they're in plastic also it's not in the top 10 no but very uh -huh. good point and you as a doctor you shouldn't clean your ear, ears with q-tips it's very this bad is not a plastic thing health. right it's because you're a health professional this is a health thing yeah mm. um is it shoes what no think about things that can be thrown out every day you don't throw out shoes every day that's a good point uh just packaging of food i guess yeah so that's number two food wrappers and number eight is takeout containers, and number ten is foam takeout containers. So I don't know why they separated them. Food wrapping. Them. I mean, wrap my food <laughs> in paper, right? Um, okay. Anything else? Uh, something that you would have when you're having a cocktail in a bar? Straws. Yeah, straws and the things you use to stir your coffee. Those little plastic things. Oh, I hate them. They're number seven. Aren't they made of wood, though? Oh, sometimes they're made of plastic. Oh, right. Yeah, that's true. So what's who's number one? The cigarette butts. I haven't... Oh, right. Obviously. You did get it. And number three is something we did talk about uh, that I have replaced with, uh, with a reusable mm. item. Football. 
What? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying what's on my mind. Plastic bottles. Number four is caps. Sorry, bottle caps? Uh, number five is something that... Will... Or caps that you put on your head. Hats. Hats? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> like bottle caps. Right. <laughs> and lids is number nine, but I don't really know the difference. Okay. And uh, number five is uh, something you use... Um, something that used to be given out free in supermarkets. Uh, pieces of uh, crouton with ham. Okay, so plastic bags. Plastic bags? Oh, no. That's... So plastic grocery bags and number six is other plastic bags. Isn't that... Like the trash can liner that Brett choked on. That is what killed Brett. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah. So there we go. I never thought uh, plastic waste and the death of oceans could be so exciting. Thanks, Maureen. Yeah, you're welcome. Fun. And remember that in 2050, it is estimated that there will be more plastic in the ocean than there are fish. Oh, my goodness. Reuse, people. Reuse. Okay, sorry. I have to open the door. <laughs> well, that's all we've got time for. Thank you so much, Maureen. Okay, thank you, Ben. Yes, yeah, you have to rush because you have dinner plans again. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for your input, and we will try and be mindful of all these things. And what a beautiful song. Say no to straws. Say no to straws. Okay, no to straws. No to straws. Bye. <laughs> This week's Issues and Songs was brought to you both from France and also somewhere cold in Sweden. Maureen was voiced by Maureen. Chappelle was voiced by Chappelle. Ben was voiced by Ben. It's all pretty straightforward. Not sure why I'm saying this every week. Support us on Patreon.